This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. You heard from her this past Monday, and we're back with Kate McGregor. We're going to talk a little bit more about with you, with me. Kate, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me back. So I'm super excited about this because obviously we had a great conversation about HR, the workforce, what we're really dealing with today and in, in society these days. But I want to highlight the actual platform, what y'all accomplish for the individual and the organization. So can you give us a rundown? If me as an individual, I get on your platform, I go on the with you with me, I, I sign up, I log in. What can I expect once I come onto the site and what can I expect to take away from the resources you'll have present there? Great question. So the first thing that will happen when you come onto the platform is we will ask you to do some assessments. These aren't, and I know everyone freaks out when they hear the word assessment. It's not a negative thing. It's actually a very positive thing. We use these assessments to provide recommendations for you as a veteran or a military spouse or any one of our other groups that we work with on what digital skills or technology-related roles that you could be suited to. So those assessments, there are four of them, and they run for a total of about 60, 90 minutes, depending on how quickly you move through the assessment. So the first one is a psychometrics assessment. This looks at your personality profile. The second is a cultural fit assessment. This looks at how you fit within the big five factors. The third is an aptitudinal assessment that is with you, with me's own creation. And the fourth is a learning style assessment. Basically, what happens at the conclusion of those assessments is you will get a report. It breaks down exactly what each of those things mean and then gives you some recommendations at the bottom of it based on your aptitude and culture fit for what positions we think you would be suitable to as you go through the training on the platform. Once you've completed that training, the next piece is around training. So what we do then is provide you with the opportunity, sorry, give you the recommendations, and then you as the individual can select what pathways you want to do. So for example, you'll get four recommendations. They may may be cybersecurity, they may be data, they may be software development, and they may be project management. You can pick from one of those four. We don't recommend that you pick outside of those four, but if, for example, you don't match to cybersecurity, you can still absolutely do that and select that as your pathway. It just may mean that it might be a little bit more trickier for you or you may need some more assistance. From there, you go through and complete the training. Now, the training can go from anywhere from four weeks to 20 weeks, depending on what pathway you go down and depending on how in-depth you want to go. So I always used to say, depending on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. So once you get to the training piece and you've completed your training, you receive your certification certificate, and then you actually go into what we refer to as our active applicant pool, depending on your profile preferences. So if you're just doing it for the training and you're not interested in looking at employment opportunities, you can select that on your platform. It's completely your choice. If, however, you are looking for employment opportunities, you go into our active applicant pool we then will match you against our partnered organization. So for example, here in Canada, we partner very closely with Ernest & Young for the CWEP program. 
So we work very closely with them on providing them talent for that program. You know, it's the same for, you know, some of our larger clients in Australia and the UK. We will match them based on the requirements that they have. Northrop Grumman, for example, in the UK. And we use our matching algorithm against their organizational requirements. And then basically you go through the same like application process. So you will have a conversation with one of our career success executives in North America. That might be Joe Powers or Angela or in Australia. That's, you know, Joanna and the rest of her team. So it depends on kind of where you are as to who you talk to. You'll have an initial conversation with them. And then provided that conversation is successful, you'll then have a further conversation with the client. From there, you are then you're offered an employment opportunity, depending on what that client has engaged with you with me to do. It's it's either a squad opportunity or you're an employee of that organization. So it's a pretty simple process. The big thing for us is the first stage is discover. So that's your assessment. The second stage is train. The third stage is deploy. And the fourth and most important stage for us is grow. So even though you're out with a client and you're engaging in employment with the client, you're still being mentored by that client. You're still having the opportunity to complete further training on the With You With Me platform as well as with the client as well. So for us, it's not just a like get you into a job and leave you there. It's then it's further about, you know, it's about further development and growth. And that's what I was kind of like notating as you were talking. I mean, it sounds like there's this level of recruiter that y'all play attached to it, but beyond that, you want to do the before and the after, right? Recruiting somebody that doesn't know what the hell they're doing doesn't really serve much, especially, and I'm speaking from the veteran side, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds that I took to Afghanistan with me or the spouses that are at home doing different aspects of taking care of the family, you know, they want these jobs. They want to work more, but, you know, when your time spent with the kids while the spouse is away or actually in Afghanistan coming back, you have no professional experience. They there's a limitation attached to what that experience translates into. So y'all aren't just recruiting and placing. Y'all are actually training on the front end, then placing, then mentoring and making sure there is that continuation for further growth. I like that piece of it, the growth aspect. Are these certifications? Is it just knowledge? What is it that the growth piece and all these training courses accumulate to for the individual? So it depends on whether we're talking organizational or individual here. If we're talking specifically candidate, it is very much about the growth of their skill set. So, you know, we have industry recognized qualifications. We've partnered with Microsoft to provide their training on our platform. We're in the process of doing the same thing with AWS. So we'll have industry recognized qualifications with our partnered organizations. From the organizational piece, it's actually a bit more in depth. So we provide consultancy services for our organizational clients. So for example, Ernest & Young on how best to engage veterans or neurodiverse talent or military spouse. We do things like trauma education and what that will look like in a veteran and how that may present. And the same with military spouses, because, you know, we found that military spouses absolutely have, you know, trauma related triggers the same way that a veteran would. So one of the things that we get really into is the educational piece for our clients as well as you know the individual themselves. So 
it isn't just the courses. It is also a knowledge piece around, okay, well, and this is where the discover, the report, the testing piece comes into it because what we can do is you can, as a veteran or a military spouse or one of our groups, you can book a call with our career success executives team and they can actually take you through your assessment and give you a full insight brief into how people may see you based on how you respond to various stimuli. And we all know trauma does weird things to the brain. We all know it can quite literally rewire how our brain functions, particularly in younger men and women who have experienced it in an earlier age, so 18, 19, and 20. And so it's really important that we, as with you, with me, drive the educational piece, not only around this underrepresented or all these, you know, these groups that aren't quite getting the same level of opportunity that everybody else is, but also around how you engage them as an employer as well. Yeah, I think that's huge to recognize because I, I see that as a a gap in military side of things. And with me being involved with several military organizations, I see it frontline. And it's interesting, just this past week, we had a, a an employment summit and we ended up having a couple people employed on site here in Atlanta, but we had 600 people show up to the summit, huge summit. But then you still see that there's a gap there, right? These guys and gals want a better job. They want a better future, but they not, don't necessarily have the time or money to go get this training. And this, this, Seems to like bridge that gap, right? Get the training, better yourself, and then go get a better job. I would go so far as to say some of them may not even know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard part, right? When you come out of a very institutionalized organization like the Defense yes. Force, this is not something that is just felt and seen by the US military. It is a global phenomenon. You come out of a highly institutionalized organization like a defense force, like a police force, where you are literally told what to do every single day. And then you are asked to make life-changing, life-altering decisions. And there is no support for you in, in, in that and no education or understanding on how your mind actually works we're setting these people up for failure without even trying to help them. And the worst part about it is the ignorance that comes from the people in charge to think that, oh, well, they're adults, so they can make a decision. Yes, but you've just spent the last 10 years telling them not to. So how about we take a second and actually train them on how they can now think for themselves? Sorry, I get very passionate about this. (laughs) No, no, you're right. And in the leadership side of the military, we always say we want critical thinking, but here's your box. Don't get outside of that or else. And it's like it's an oxymoron, right? It's always blown my mind. And that's where I'm a little bit blessed. I was a professional before I would join the military. So I, I saw a little bit different aspect to it. And I do want to take the time to highlight the opposite side of with you, with me and the platform. There's the organizational side, the organizational portal where organizations can be involved in this as well. Can you give us a rundown of what an organization can expect with engagement with y'all? So there's, Two types, well, two types of engagement. So we have our partnerships engagement, which is very similar to what we're talking about here, Zach. It's about awareness, education, driving, you know, an understanding of what it is that With You With Me is trying to do. We also have our commercial side. And so that is access to the platform, that is access to the SaaS product, that is access to the talent pool, to the consulting services through our, you know, customer service executives and engagement managers. It is that piece. And so if I dive into the commercial piece a little bit more, you know, what you can expect is access to the veteran pool for you to be able to recruit from. 
guidance from our teams on how to best engage those that talent. And we're not just talking about veterans either. We're also talking about women in technology, neurodivergent individuals, Indigenous individuals across five countries. So we now operate in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the US and the UK. So the five eyes, as it were, you know, you can expect for those companies that choose to do it and map, you know, various teams or even their entire organization, you can actually see an entire company map of how your teams work and engage with each other. We can give insight briefs into those, into that mapping, which basically shows what skill sets you're, you've currently got and what skill sets are becoming obsolete in the future and where you should be focusing on driving new skills. And then additionally to that, providing the training for it. You know, we've got the ability to be able to map individual teams and give managers and leaders insight into how to engage their teams best based on not only the assessment, but also whether they identify as one of those groups. I spend quite a fair bit of time working with HR professionals here in Canada and also back in Australia around understanding their staff on a fundamental level so that they can drive the outcomes that they want and build the psychological safety that they're looking to create. And that sounds like it's almost a training aspect of you have these people you're training, the individual you're training. It's almost like there's got to be a piece on the organizational side where you're training them. And again, I'm, I'm relating back to the military side. How do you use a veteran to best emphasize the capabilities that we were taught in the military? Because there's some phenomenal aspects of things we were taught. Intrinsic values, intrinsic discipline, things that we've learned that were more or less ingrained in us. Is that part of it as well? You're teaching the organization, hey, this is how you should deal with this type of candidate? 110%. That's exactly what it is. It's taking assessment results from people like yourself, Zach, and taking it to your manager and being like, these are all of the qualities that Zach has that you are currently not utilizing or that you didn't know about because it's just not information that you've had available to you. But then also doing that on a team level. It's like, okay, well, Zach is 97% conscientious with, you know, 90% achievement striving subfacet. That means he's very likely going to get depressed or feel annoyed or upset or deflated or demotivated when he's not achieving things because his achievement striving thing is the thing that keeps him being conscientious and achieving the things. So if we're not, if we're not keeping that your achievement striving piece of him engaged, well, then he's not going to be motivated and therefore his productivity is going to go down. So we're able to kind of use our assessment to have those in-depth conversations around individuals within teams, but also make connections between you know, individuals. So those with higher neuroticism and higher openness and lower agreeableness are very likely to be the people that you tend to put on very complex problems. So if we start talking about, oh, I've got to solve this issue and, and I've put three people on it and I can't figure out why it's not working and it's probably because the person you've put on it is is not thinking about it creatively or is not thinking about it a different way. And so if you have a team full of, and we call them, we have archetypes with you with me, so it's creative, doer, and translator. If you have a team of doers, they're going to be great at getting things done, brilliant at it. If you have a team of creatives, they're going to be great at giving you a bunch of ideas but not actually achieving anything. And so this is where the mix comes in. Translators are your in-between. So they can be creative when you want them to be creative, but they can also achieve when you want them to achieve. And the difficulty that you have with creatives and doers is they actually tend to be at the opposite end of the scale. So they're great at coming up with the creative ideas, but not necessarily great at executing, whereas the doers are the other way. And so you have a translator in the middle 
And that gives you this very seamless team function and ability to be able to grow through those problems. If I was to give you an example, it would probably be myself. So I'm a creative. I have worked in various functions across with you with me. And it is because Tom Moore and Tom Lada and Rebecca Nugent, who are the three leaders that I've had with you with me, basically, you know, recognize that I'm very good at solving problems. And so they give me complex problems to solve and I go away and I build the thing or I go away and I, you know, achieve the task that is being asked of me. The second I stop being creatively challenged or intellectually stimulated, it is like a switch that turns off in my head and I I struggle really, really hard to continue that motivation. And so that actually comes from my conscientiousness and my openness to experience. And I can talk about this all day long because this is my area of research, but it is one of those things that motivating your teams on an individual level will actually see those teams either be successful or not based on their results. I love this aspect of things. I think that has to be done in order to optimize. Otherwise, you're setting up so many people for failure both ways. And and I want to give everybody the opportunity again, because this sounds like such an amazing platform. If they want to get engaged with you, with the organization, with you, with me, if they want to find out more about this, where would you send them? What would you tell them to go and do so that they can really drive this forward for the individual, but also for the organization? So two things. First, check out the website with youwithme.com and sign up to the platform. The second would be have a look at our LinkedIn page. It is definitely one of our areas for a lot of you know, knowledge and gives you a really good understanding of all of the events that are coming up. The next one that I would say after that, or you know, if you're still a little skeptical and you're not really sure, we do webinars and information sessions We do job accelerators all the time and you can come along and have a look at what that involves and how that works. And usually those job accelerators are in partnerships with our um, clients. So you can actually get a really good insight into the type of client that you would be working with. But honestly, Zach, the easiest way to do this is sign up to the platform with youwithme.com, go through and do the testing. And then as soon as you're onto that platform, you have the ability to be able to have a look at everything that's on there. And like I said, This is a completely free, no gimmick, no scam offering to veterans, military spouses, neurodivergent, indigenous, and youth communities. I love it, Kate. Thanks so much for that. I think that's something everybody needs to go check out just to be able to further ourselves overall. And and overall, I just want to thank you for everything you brought to us today and obviously for bringing the platform, platform forward to us and encourage everybody to go check it out. Kate, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.